Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. You're on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. Deep vein thrombosis, or DVT, was once thought rare in Asia, but the incidence rate has been rising steadily for years in Singapore and across Asia. A study from the Singapore General Hospital found that the frequency rate for people admitted with acute DVT had more than doubled since 1990. Today on Health Suites, we find out more about this and what it means to us with Dr. Lim Tiyi, Medical Director and Senior Consultant Hematologist, Centre for Clinical Hematology, coming up next on Money FM 89.3. Health Suites with Clarissa Montero on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Health Suites on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero on the phone with me today, Dr. Lim Tiyi, Medical Director and Senior Consultant Hematologist, Centre for Clinical Hematology. Today we speak about deep vein thrombosis. Doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's absolutely our pleasure. Now, okay, first off, I can barely pronounce it, but you'll definitely have to explain it. What is venous thromboembolism? Yes, a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. So venous thromboembolism, let's call it VTE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a disease basically where uh, blood clots form in the walls of veins. And veins are these blood vessels which are softer blood vessels which take blood towards the heart. So vessels either in the legs or in the lungs, for example. So blood clots can form in there. And VTE is a condition which... Uh, is a condition which probably isn't so much in, in the forefront of the public awareness, but it actually is a, common, a high cause of uh, complications and morbidity in patients who are admitted to hospital. In fact, it's uh, after uh, vascular diseases such as uh, heart disease and stroke, it's the third most common cause of vascular death. Is it considered a vascular disease? It is in that it affects, it affects the blood vessels from there. So again, similar to things such as a heart attack or stroke, you, in VTEs, basically, you have a clot forming in vessels. But in this case, it affects the veins. Right. Okay. Now, many of us, if we know anything about this, associate it with traveling. Is this a misconception? Yes, uh, no and yes. Uh, so so uh, many, many times, I think you're right, many people do, do associate deep vein thrombosis, so blood, blood clots in the legs with traveling, and that certainly is one of the factors from there. So, so people who, let's say, travel long-haul flight, transatlantic or whatever, generally we say people who, let's say, have traveled a flight more than five hours, where they're sedentary, they're just sitting in a plane, for example, are at a much higher risk of getting a blood clot in their legs. However, flights are not the only cause of uh, DVTs. Many other causes result in it. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think, as a report you mentioned, showed there's an increase in these events happening uh, across Singapore, a doubling of the last few years from there. Okay, but why is it doubling? What, what are we yes. doing different? Are we more sedentary? That exactly is, you're, you're right, exactly, that's spot on. So uh, one of the key reasons why we think people are getting more, more clots in their legs is due to the change in lifestyle. People, many people are living a more of a sedentary lifestyle, but they're less active. Uh, because if you think about it, clots tend to form, generally our blood flows very smoothly through our veins. Mm-hmm. And it's only when the blood flow becomes sluggish that that's when the blood tends to clot because naturally our blood shouldn't clot in our veins. So if people are sedentary, they're lying, in, or if, for example, after surgery, they're immobile, they're more likely to get clots in their legs. Likely, similarly, people like w- women who are pregnant, for example, and there are other conditions such as cancer and other medical conditions such as diabetes, which increase the risk. So these factors have resulted in an increased, steady increase and almost doubling of the incidence of uh, VTE uh, in Singapore. All right. Now, I recently lost a boss to pulmonary embolism. So this question actually touches home for me. What is the difference between VTE, deep vein thrombosis 
and pulmonary embolism. Oh, so, so, so firstly, I'm so sorry to hear that. But yes, it does highlight that this can be a serious medical condition. So the difference from there is uh, v- DVT is what, sometimes what we like to say is the initial event where you get a clot in your legs. And that's the most common point where clots form in the body, mm-hmm. in the deep veins in the legs from there. And that's due to the factors we mentioned earlier on. Sometimes, though, if the, fact, if the clots are allowed to propagate, they get, long, they get bigger over time, the clots can reach a point where if a piece of a clot breaks off, it can travel from the legs all the way to the lungs. And that's when you get a pulmonary embolism. So a pulmonary embolism is when you have a blood clot forming in the veins in the, in the lungs. And the risk there is that when the blood clot forms in the lungs, it can, if it's a big enough clot, it can block a significant part of the circulation to the lungs. And if it's not severe, patients may present with a bit of chest pain, coughing of blood, difficulty breathing. But there are cases where if a clot is a massive clot and it goes straight to the lungs, it can cause sudden death. The question then becomes, are there symptoms that might clue us in that we've got these clots in our veins? Yes. It varies. So for the clots in the legs, for example, it can be due to a few. Sometimes it can be innocuous. So many times, small clots, we may not notice it at all from there. Or you may just have a small twinge in your legs sometimes, which feels like a cramp from there. And sometimes the small clots do actually just naturally disappear and we don't have to do anything about it. If the clots are bigger, though, the common symptoms that people can notice are swelling of the legs, pain, increased redness of the legs from that point of view. So that's the symptoms that we tend to notice uh, when you have a clot in the legs, a deep vein thrombosis. Uh, as I mentioned, if you have a clot in, in the lungs, then that, that's a different set of symptoms. Uh, the most common things people may notice is uh, sudden breathlessness or chest pain, or sometimes if it affects certain parts of the lungs, you may actually be coughing, cough out a bit of blood from that. And all of these symptoms that you're talking about actually could be mistaken for something else. Yes, yes, you're, you're right there. So as I said, many times when, when uh, people who have clots in the legs, for example, may, may initially pass it off as a muscle strain, for example, or they fail to stretch. And, and we do see this sometimes from there. It's only when it's persistent that people quite often end up coming to hospital for a checkup. How we, fi- how we pick up at the clot is usually, um, one, there's certain blood tests which can indicate that you're more likely to have had a blood clot. And secondly, the most important thing is quite often we do a simple test using an ultrasound machine, which is a simple probe, which basically lo- looks at the blood flow in, in your vessels from there. And if you have a clot, the, the probe will identify that you've got the blood flow is not, not smooth, and that, that confirms that you have a clot there in the legs. Yeah. All right. We're speaking with Dr. Lim Yi, Medical Director and Senior Consultant, Hematologist Centre for Clinical Hematology. Let's talk about this unique year, 2020, with Circuit Breaker. A lot of us were working from home. We became even more sedentary. And then something happened when we were allowed to go out and exercise. A lot of us started exercising it because it was one of the only reasons we, were, we could be outside. I know that some of my friends started running. Some of them actually were concerned after my last interview with a, with a doctor about DVTs that this could happen to them. What are the risk factors? We're sedentary, we're office workers, and then we start working out. Is there a, a risk of us developing DVTs? 
Good question there. Actually, exercise is a very good way to prevent you from getting DVT. Yeah, because as I said, one of the big risk factors for getting a DVT in your legs is if you're sedentary, if you're not moving, blood just pools in your legs, for example, and and it gets this blood when blood's more stagnant, you're more likely to have a clot. Yeah, when you're active and walking around, uh, moving, even if it's generally walking or running, your, your the muscles in your leg are pumping when you're walking or running, mm-hmm. and that helps to promote the blood flow in your legs. So that that activity in itself reduces the risk of the risk of blood clots from there. So exercise is good. Sedentary exercise is not ideal. Uh, again, to, to maybe just clarify, sedentary, sedentary lifestyles do increase your risk of clots, but for most people, if you're just lying around for short periods of time, your risk of getting a clot is still relatively low from there. Yeah. So it does, doesn't, it's not as if any, everyone will get a clot. But, but for a good, good, good suggestion that I always say, even if you're, walk, if you're working at home or working in the office for, let's say, four or five hours at a stretch, it's always a good idea to get up every hour, stretch a bit, walk around a bit, just get those leg muscles pumping. Okay. So even if you're at home and we're couch potatoes on the weekends, make that, that walk to the kitchen, for example, often. Yes, it's good good to move around. I think there are other factors which increase your risk of clots, of course, as I mentioned earlier on. So uh, it's, uh, it's sedentary exercise uh, lifestyle is one, I think, but it, there are other factors which add on to that to increase your risk. So obesity, mm-hmm. uh, conditions such as diabetes, Pregnancy is not a not a not a disease. It's a good it's a good situation to have. But when you're pregnant, especially when you get to your third trimester, the baby when it gets big, it does press down quite often on, on the big vessels in, in ladies. So again, it's important to be mobile from there. But there are other conditions as well. So some some more sinister conditions such as cancer, for example, is associated with high risk of clots because cancer tumors, particularly when they're widespread, can release factors which make your blood sticky as well. So a variety of other factors along with sedentary lifestyles can increase your risk of blood clots. All right. Now, in the, in the case of blood clots, how easy, how easily are they controlled, managed, and, and are they curable? Yes. So the, the good thing nowadays is for, for most cases of uh, VTEs or DVTs, uh, we have very effective treatments. And the, the most common treatment we use for this is basic treatments called a blood thinness, basically. Because mm. what we want to do when you have a blood clot is that we want to thin the blood one, so that we prevent the clot from getting bigger. Because if the clot gets bigger, there's a higher risk of the clot breaking off and like, going to the lung and causing problems. Right. And two, we want to help the body to slowly dissolve the clot. So we use uh, blood thinners, and there are two forms. The one immediate form that quite often we use is a form of injection called heparin or low molecular weight heparin, which is an injection we give into the tummy, which helps to dissolve the clot. For patients who need blood thinning longer term, we tend to give them tablets to take the Common, oh, there's a tablet that we used to take a lot called, called warfarin, and some people call it rat poison because it used to be a form of rat poison. But <laughs> so, so it's always awkward. I try not to mention that to patients when I give them the tablet. <laughs> but but it ba- basically, well, it's a we're, tablet we're not rats. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. We're not. Yeah. So I say it's fine. It's proven. It's effective. Uh, and there's a, there are newer drugs which have come out. So newer, there's a newer class of drugs which come out, which are a bit like warfarin, which but with fewer side effects and are much easier to less require less monitoring as well, which we take nowadays. And patients have to take these tablets for a period of time until the clot subsides. And usually, it's a period of three to six months for most patients. Okay, I I didn't think to ask you this, but now it's it's sort of triggered in my mind. My mother suffered from uh, hypertension in her later years. Now, does somebody who has a problem with hypertension, 
would they be more susceptible to developing VTEs and DVTs and, and whatnot? Yeah, so so good question, yeah. Uh, again, uh, hi- hypertension does increase your risk of clots, but not specifically VTE. So because mm-hmm. uh, in patients who have high hypertension, the, the flow of blood, basically you have high, high blood pressure flowing through your body. And that tends to affect the arteries more than the veins. So when you have hypertension, you are at risk of blood clots, but it tends to be vascular disease related to things such as uh, strokes or heart disease rather than VTE. So not so much for VTE, but it does cause other vascular events such as stroke and uh, heart attacks. Right. Okay. Now, the, the, as far as we're concerned, the money question, can we prevent it beyond you know, being less sedentary and more active? What else can we do? Change our diet? Well, I tend to give the general uh, cover-all answer, which is stay healthy and active. <laughs> But but there are a few few ways we can prevent it. I, th- I think uh, certainly you know when we mentioned I mentioned the risk factors that people have had for this so obesity, sedentary, uh, managing the causes. So if you have diabetes, for example, making sure your blood sugars are, are, are controlled well. If you're pregnant, make sure you're particularly mobile. But other things such as long haul flights. If you're going on a long haul flight, do make sure that uh, you're well hydrated going onto a long haul flight. Stretch your legs get up and move around a fair bit when you're on a flight and drink more water, maybe a bit less alcohol because alcohol is quite dehydrating along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing to mention is that if you have a very strong family history of blood clots, yeah, so some, 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 some of the, the factors which cause blood clots such as VTE can, be, can run in the family. So if you have a very strong history of uh, VTEs in the family, your risk will be slightly higher. So you need to pay uh, even more attention towards risk reduction. Uh, and if you've had a clot before, again, you're more likely to have a subsequent clot again. And in those cases, sometimes not just prevention, but we may have to do what we call proactive prevention, where you may need to take medications in certain situations, such as long-haul flights, to reduce your risk. So not all the time, not like if you're treating hypertension, but as and when you're taking a long-haul flight, you may need medication. If you're going to do certain things, then you might need to be on a, on a course of medication to maintain it and control it if you've had it before. Yes, I think, and, and so we, we try to stratify the risk for, for these patients mm-hmm. because with, even though the blood thinning medications can prevent the clots, the problem with blood thinning medications are, are the other side effect, which is that you're more likely to bleed when you're taking blood, blood thinning right. medications. Right. So because of that, we do have to change, decide this on a, quite often on a case by case scenario. For some patients at high risk, yes, you're right, they may take blood thinning medications long term. Mm-hmm. But for many other patients, sometimes we would just adjust it or increase the treatment based on their risk scenario, such as if they're taking a long haul flight or if they're coming in for surgery. And those may be situations where we may intervene and come in with medication. So not all the time. Not all the time. All right. We've been speaking with Dr. Lim Tiyi, Medical Director and Senior Consultant, Hematologist, Centre for Clinical Hematology for Health Suites. Doctor, thank you so much for the time. Pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm Clarissa Montero for the Workday Afternoon. Stay with us on Money FM at 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.